Shortly after his humiliating defeat at the hands of Darth Sidious, Maul found himself in a precarious situation. Lined with jagged, cloud-scraping mountains, the surface of Stygian Prime was one of the most inhospitable places in the Outer Rim, even worse than the swamps of Nalhada. This world was barren. That meant it was the perfect place for a secret prison, one that Darth Sidious and his new apprentice, Count Dooku, could make use of whenever they needed. It would be wise to kill me, Maul said. His voice weakened by the death of his brother, and by his own horrifying defeat at the hands of his former master. Behind a six-inch Durasteel blast door, the Dathomirian Zabrak was face to face once more with the most powerful Sith in the galaxy. Do not mistake the fact that I have allowed you to live for compassion, my former apprentice. Palpatine's words slithered into the air as he stood opposite the giant magnetic restraining field. Surely Maul knew that Palpatine spoke the truth. Darth Sidious never hesitated to kill his opponents. This was the same man who once tried to kill his master, Darth Plagueis. There were very few options Palpatine wouldn't consider when he wanted someone dead. Maul survived because the Dark Lord wanted something, and he was quickly realizing it. There is a purpose for everything in the galaxy. Maul's voice came even weaker this time. And a way to destroy it. Even now, he couldn't help but speak as if he were a student, and Palpatine was once again his teacher. I see you remember your lessons, Sidious responded, with his hands calmly pressed together. Maul had seen that pose all too many times, as they wandered through the secret corridors of Coruscant, discussing their plot to destroy the Jedi. Before Maul and Palpatine could enjoy a trip down memory lane, the blast doors opened and a familiar face sauntered into the room. You summoned me, master? It was Dooku, the leader of the Separatist movement, and the apprentice who had replaced Maul years ago. As Maul's mind ran wild, counting all the ways in which Palpatine had betrayed him, the two reigning Sith Lords departed the cell. In the cold, dry corridors outside, the pair walked as Dooku listened to Palpatine's plan. There are many forces poised against us. He began talking in the same cryptic way that he always used. Dooku, occasionally a bit dense when it came to deciphering his master's coded language, couldn't help but ask the obvious question. You speak of enemies other than the Jedi? Palpatine quickly turned his head to his apprentice, and as if disgusted by his lack of deductive reasoning, the Sith Lord decided to spell out the point he was making. I speak of that Dathomir witch, Mother Talzin. In some ways, Count Dooku was one of the smartest Jedi that the Order had to offer. Palpatine was more than satisfied when he managed to lure the wealthy nobleman to the way of the Sith. But as they walked through the frigid prison on Stygian, Palpatine couldn't help but feel annoyed. The reports from General Grievous suggest that she was killed when he invaded Dathomir, Dooku commented, wondering why Palpatine would be so concerned with the dark side user who his own forces had killed. The fact that Maul lives is proof enough that Grievous failed to destroy her. Palpatine's yellow eyes were glued to Dooku, waiting for a way of realization to sweep over his apprentice. And the time has come for me to deal with her. Always willing to help, the Count piped up. What would you ask of me, my lord? And that's when Palpatine's latest scheme came to light. With Maul in captivity, they had the single most powerful underworld figure at their command. If they could somehow manage to let Maul go without him knowing the pair of Sith had deliberately done so, then the Dathomirian might lead them straight to Mother Talzin, and they could kill the witch once and for all. When Palpatine had finished informing Dooku of his plan, the Count couldn't help but wonder if there was a simpler solution. As Palpatine ascended the boarding ramp to his Republic transit,
transport vessel, the Count once again pondered aloud. Why not simply send our armies to Dathomir? Darth Sidious paused. Snow continued to fall, in sideways sheets that reduced visibility to only a few meters. If you were to look at the landing pad Dooku and Palpatine stood on, you'd only be able to make out the vague silhouette of a tall, aristocratic man, and a frustrated, cloaked figure. Palpatine turned to Dooku and informed him, Because such methods cannot defeat a witch that powerful, Tolzin must be coaxed into the light. When Sidious finally departed, a group of elite Mandalorian soldiers touched down on a sentry outpost on one of the prison's highest balconies. Quickly dispatching the two BX commando droids that Dooku had custom designed for the prison, the Mandalorians informed their commander on the progress of their rescue mission. They were here to collect their leader, Darth Maul, and bring him back to the front. Exactly what Palpatine needed. If there was a credible rescue attempt, all Dooku and his droids had to do was put up a light resistance, let Maul escape, and the former Sith would never be the wiser. Maul would simply think that his Mandalorian commandos were too strong for Dooku's battle droids, and their superior fighting skills secured his freedom. He'd never know that he was let go on purpose. As the Mandalorians ascended the prison, Dooku visited Maul's cell. I want your resources and your sway over the black market, Dooku said, playing along with Palpatine's ploy. The Count only needed to steer the conversation towards Maul's greed, and then the Dathomirian's own emotions would do the rest. Incensed that someone would try to claim his property, Maul would never sense that he was being played for a fool. After a few barbed words, Dooku decided to show why he was a superior apprentice and raised his hands into the air. Silently, the Count unleashed fiery arcs of lightning from his fingertips. As the electricity plunged into Maul, his body thrashed around in violent convulsions, nearly breaking free of the magnetic confinement. I hope our next conversation will be more fruitful, Dooku commented as he walked towards the exit, leaving Maul behind in a pillow of grey smoke. Perhaps even in his anger and his use of force lightning was meant to keep Maul from discovering their true plot against Mother Talzin. But surely there was part of Dooku who relished in the torture of Maul. After all, this was the same savage Sith who had slain his apprentice Qui-Gon Jinn in the plasma refinery of Naboo a decade earlier. Even though Dooku counted himself as a member of the Sith, he still held a special place in his heart for his former student. Maul only had a short reprieve to heal from his wounds. The pair of Mandalorian elites led by Commander Saxon had just blown a hole into the side of the prison. They were quickly ascending to the seventh level, and after taking out a group of droidicas, they blew another hole into Maul's cell. Lord Maul, we're going to get you out of here, Commander Saxon said as he reached towards his leader, who was now doubled over on the floor. Can you walk? He nervously inquired. I have become indifferent to pain, Maul responded. As the blaster rifle filled the threshold of the blast door, Maul wondered if this really was the best rescue plan a pair of Mandalorians could concoct. But no sooner did the doubt enter his mind, then the pair impressed him. They blew a fresh hole in the side of the building, and the three quickly descended into the snow-filled valley below. As BX Commando and B2 battle droids walked to the edge of the gaping hole, they hesitated to pursue their targets. Roger, but Roger. that moment of consideration cost them dearly. A Mandalorian ship quickly descended from the snow clouds above, where it was concealed and unleashed a barrage from its twin turbolaser cannons. Maul was gone, quickly on his way to a clandestine shadow collective base on Zanbar, and Count Dooku, far from enraged, was satisfied that the plan was moving along so well. He quickly hailed General Grievous, who was sitting at the bridge of Providence-class Dreadnought, the Invisible Hand. Direct your fleet there and engage him, Dooku ordered via holocom, but he made sure to emphasize a caveat for the general. Remember, you must hurt Maul, but not destroy him, weaken his forces, injure his pride. Yes, if he was weak, 
weakened, he would run to help. And there was only one person that Maul could trust, Mother Talzin. On the Shadow Collective base of Zanbar, a few dozen Mandalorian commandos assembled outside the wooden barrier that surrounded the encampment. This was hardly befitting of one of the most powerful underworld figures in the galaxy. But times had changed, and with Darth Sidious hot on their trails, austerity would quickly become one of the Collective's new virtues. Speaking to the throng of soldiers, Maul gripped his black lightsaber, the dark saber, and ignited it above his head. The war you have waited for your entire lives to fight is upon us, my brothers. Victory or death? Maul shouted and the Mandalorian replied with the same war cry. Victory, Victory or, or death. death? When dozens of Separatist droid ships dropped from hyperspace and descended to Maul's location, the Mandalorians quickly realized they might get one of those two wishes sooner rather than later. Incoming Separatist dropships were under attack, Commander Saxon reported to Maul, stating the obvious. Five droid transports were quickly falling to the surface, and soon hundreds of B-2 droids would fill the planes. Unleash the might of the Shadow Collective upon them, Maul roared, and the turbo lasers on top of the encampment's wall boomed into life, launching giant volleys of red projectiles into the sky. Some of the transports were shot down, but most survived. Grievous observed the battle from above, knowing that soon he would step foot onto the field and plunge his collection of lightsabers through the chests of his enemies once again. Perhaps on this day, he would be able to add Maul's own darksaber to his collection. Deploy our infantry, every last soldier. With that command, the world suddenly hummed with the sound of the droid army's electric joints and limbs, as hundreds of B-2, BX commando, and destroyer droids pressed their attack. The Mandalorians, armed in their red and black Beskar, tried their best to stop the advancement, but Grievous's tactics were flawless, as the destroyer droid absorbed every last blaster bolt from the Mandalorian's carbine rifles. The lines of B-2 and BX droids behind them unleashed their own volley in return, quickly thinning the Shadow Collective's ranks. Realizing that this battle couldn't be won by soldiers alone, Darth Maul took his Darksaber in hand and leapt over the front line of droidicas that were ruthlessly decimating his men. With a massive force push, he cleaved a gap in the ground behind enemy lines and quickly went to work severing the droids into slices of steel scrap. Maul, your end is at hand! Grievous shouted from above as his own ship hovered a few meters above the battlefield. With a line of Magna Guards draped in white cloaks ready to enter the fray, Grievous mercilessly commanded them, Go soften them up a bit! The general wanted to have a bit of fun before he met Maul one-on-one. -on -one. But the Magna Guards were nothing more than a few seconds of work for Maul. Just as easily as he had cleaved the B-2 droids' arms from their chassis, Maul sliced the Magna Guards to pieces. The Darksaber in his right hand created ribbons of black as it whirled around the battlefield. As he sliced through the final droid, Grievous decided that he would try to soften Maul up a different way, preying on his mind. The general dropped from his ship and entered the fray. He targeted a Mandalorian soldier first and quickly plunged a blue and green lightsaber through his gut. Before the soldier's body struck the ground, Grievous realized that his plan had worked as he heard a whirl of wind from behind him. Turning his head, he saw Maul, propelled by the force, diving down from high above. Grievous! The red-skinned Dathomirian shouted, enraged, every ounce of blood in his body eager to kill the cyborg. With his darksaber firmly gripped in two hands and pulled all the way behind his head, Maul was hoping that the force of his initial attack would be enough to cleave the general in two. But as the former Sith descended, Grievous brought his own sabers up to block the 
attack. I'm more than a match for you, Maul growled as the three blades cracked and sizzled. Perhaps it was true. After all, Grievous would soon find himself quickly overwhelmed by Obi-Wan Kenobi in their duel on Utapau. Perhaps even in Maul's weakened state, he was closer to Kenobi's skill level than Grievous. Your efforts are useless, Grievous barked back, using the full might of his cyborg enhancements to resist the Darksaber as Maul pushed it further and further towards Grievous's chest. Your army is skilled, but my forces are unending. It was true, Mandalorians were the greatest soldiers in the galaxy, but Maul's small number of elite commandos couldn't resist hundreds and perhaps even thousands of droids that were currently saturating the battlefield. While Maul was distracted by Grievous' statement, the cyborg took the opportunity to strike. With one of his clawed feet, he violently kicked Maul squarely in the abdomen, pushing him back. Look around you, your Mandalorians have been crushed. Grievous continued to gloat. Only my droids remain now. Your battle is already lost. Maul hated to admit it, but Grievous was right. In his anger and his desperate need to get revenge, Maul had fallen for Grievous's plot. The droids had destroyed the few Mandalorian troops he had, and thanks to his failure, the Shadow Collective's numbers were now greatly reduced. As he looked around the battlefield, Maul squeezed his hand into a fist and let out a primal scream. There was nothing he could do. If he turned his full attention to Grievous, he might be able to defeat the expert Jedi killer, but even then, he would have to face down hundreds of droids afterwards. It was hardly a winning prospect. Desperate, Maul ordered the three Mandalorian gauntlet fighters to lay down a bombardment, destroying most of the droid troops in the process. As Grievous dealt with his fresh casualties, Maul used the force to propel himself aboard one of the ships and retreated. Take us away from here, Cast, Maul ordered as he ran towards the ship's cockpit, his head hung low, ashamed of the course of the battle. Maul bitterly let a final sentence pass through his lips. I can no longer stomach the sight of it. As Maul retreated, Grievous messaged Dooku, proud to announce that he had done his part. I have done as you have asked. I have made Maul bleed. Soon, Maul would be forced to contact Mother Talzin and Palpatine's grand plan of ending that witch's life might finally come true. I really hope that we get this arc displayed in you know, Clone Wars animation someday. I feel like there's still a lot of the Clone Wars that they can make and they can explain to us in different stories. Heck, even, you know, five episodes, six episodes, kind of like The Mandalorian or The Book of Boba Fett. Or heck, even Kenobi, which is actually going to be six episodes. They have several arcs that they have yet to finish that they've turned into comics or that have been rumored and alluded to be out there, just not published. Hopefully we get Son of Dathomir someday as I think it's a really cool story and a really cool arc for Darth Maul, Grievous, and Dooku. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for watching today's video. Leave a like if you did enjoy this one. I love covering the comics and thanks again for your support. I'll catch you in the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you always.